is the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hi, everyone. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> We're already drawing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Boss. I am Alex and I'm here with Gabby and hey. We're not that drunk. <laughs> no, we're not. But we're super in love with a product that we want to share with you guys. We have our family from Superbird who sent us like an amazing drink. Alex, you you don't even have any left, girl. What no, I have one. And I'm going to, I have one just so that I can drink with you. So. Oh, I heard that pop open. Let me pop mine. Woo. Oh my it's God. It's really okay, good. Guys. Oh my God. It's spilling all over the freaking place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to pause or just keep going. I mean, this is basically a tequila drink made in a can, literally, and it has low calories, which is like a great mixture. It's called um, it, I'm drinking the pink grapefruit. Which one are you drinking? I'm, I'm drinking the Paloma as well. So uh, just so that everybody that's maybe not a little bit too familiar, I know you and I are because we travel to Mexico a lot for work and for leisure. Palomas are just um, authentic uh, Mexican drinks that everybody over there has. It's delicious. Gabby and I love them. They're basically tequila, agave, and grapefruit. And it's the most delicious, refreshing drink that you you can possibly imagine. Yeah, and it has 5.9% alcohol, which means it's not going to get you that crazy drunk. No, it's or like anything. drinking a beer. Yeah, it's like a little, I mean, I guess people drink, what are those drinks that people are drinking? Like truly White Claws, the White, white Claws. Right. This is way better. I'm sorry. This is so but hands better, down. So much cleaner. Um, the packaging is so cute. It has a like, great artwork on the can. Even like for Instagrammable moments, it's so cute for a picture. I'm going to post mean, a think, picture when I go later to yeah, the pool with let it. Me, let me do a little selfie with it, but cheers to you. Cheers, Gabby. Thank you to Superbird family who sent us this so we can try it out. And girl, I am obsessed. Me too. I'm excited about this particular episode because it's really with a pioneer, a woman that has done so much within the genre of hip hop. And everyone knows, if you don't know listening, I'm super obsessed with hip hop. That's the music that I grew up with, that I love, that I've been inspired and even like influenced by. Um, so I know very well this person. I have followed her career for so many years and it's just a, such an honor to have her on the podcast. Uh, Fatima Robinson is a choreographer, director, producer, and Emmy Award nominee. She is a pioneer in hip-hop culture and has helped globalize the genre around the world with her iconic moves. She has worked with some of the biggest names such as Black Eyed Peas, Mary J. Blige, Pharrell, Rihanna, Little Baby, Kendrick Lamar, Prince, Britney Spears, Gwen Stefani, and I mean, the list goes on. She's also a cre creative producer for this year's Grammy Awards. Um, recently, Fatima's choreographed work has also been seen on Coming to America, the movie, and her upcoming credits include a new Gucci campaign and Queens, which stars Brandy, and it premieres on ABC in October. So she's pretty much done it all. She has pivoted through careers, through career moves that have been very pivotal for her growth as a professional. She's a major influence in hip hop dance along with notable presence, like I said, in film and television. So 
We're so excited to have her. She is a force to be reckoned with and has had a long-standing career that we all look up to and I can't wait to hear more. So, so welcome Fatima. We're so excited to have you on the show. You, like we just said, are such a major influence in hip hop dance. And obviously you're someone that we look up to. Your career has been so grand all of these years and we just can't wait to see how much insight you give to us and the community of women that are listening, that are bosses like you and mm -hmm. so welcome thank you so much i was Thanks really what i'm really excited is that you've played such a huge part in so many iconic moments in choreography in our lives that we don't even realize how many iconic moments that you've made for us so we want to revel a little bit into where you grew up what you were like as a child So tell us about Arkansas. Well, yeah, I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas, but my mom moved us here to California when I was five. And I have two younger sisters. Um, and we would dance all the time. We'd make up routines whenever my mom had guests over. And we were just constantly moving. We, I watched... TV shows like Solid Gold and Fame, and then when MTV came out and the music videos, like all I did was record music videos and learn the choreography. And so being here in California, and then I would go back to Arkansas for summers sometimes and hang there, but it was really being here in California and being exposed to, you know, so many artists coming out and when I was um, 17, I started to go to these 18 and over clubs. And, you know, it just really, I was at the right place at the right time in the birth of hip hop. Which is pivotal to what I was going to ask you. When was the first time you fell in love with hip hop? Um, definitely in the club, I would have to say. Or no, I wasn't the first time wasn't in the club because I was too young to go to the club when I first discovered it. And I, I think, I mean, you know, everyone loved hip hop, a hip to the hip, a hip hip hop, you don't stop, the rocket to the bang bang, you know what I mean? <laughs> everyone, that was an introduction for a lot of people into hip hop. But, you know, I grew up listening to, gosh, all the greats and ended up dancing for them, like Big Daddy Kane, I danced for Rakim, uh, Heavy D. Um, then, you know, when R&B started blending hip hop, I danced for Bobby Brown and, you know, all these Mary J. Blige and all these wonderful people. So yeah, it was definitely super, super early in my life. And I remember my mom was like, what is this hip hop? So I try and with my son have a little bit more understanding of the type of things that he likes. Isn't it crazy how you were there at the birth of all of this and what it was to where it is? Like mm -hmm. it's, sorry, it's such a global movement now. And it's part because you were able to also contribute that to that. So what has been your proudest contribution to the genre? Well, I definitely, you know, with hip hop dance back in the day, in order to know it, you had to be in the clubs. Like there were no dance classes interested in teaching hip hop. And we just weren't that savvy to, you know, call ourselves choreographers and teach it in that way. We were just doing something that we love to do. 
And um, I definitely, when I choreograph, remember the time um, choreographing Michael Jackson and just introducing him to hip hop was so amazing because he was who everyone aspired to be like and who everyone just loved. So I, I think it's that, but also the Gap commercials that I did, which I feel like truly was one of the pivotal points of people looking at hip hop as a true art form of dance, because now it's commercial and now we're selling a product with it. The Gap commercial that you're referring to is the Khakis commercial, correct? Yeah, the Khaki Soul commercial. I think I that that's so engraved in my brain from just watching TV back then and seeing that commercial and you made me want to wear those khakis. Yeah. <laughs> How did you actually get involved in actually being part of the the commercial? Because you were, you were hired to choreograph the shoot, mm -hmm. but not to be part of it, correct? Yeah, one of the girls, the gap was really particular and one of the girls had put in like this major weave in her hair when she got the set and they didn't like it and wanted her to take it out. And she was like, I have a job the next day. I can't, I'm going on tour. So she didn't want to take it out. So they released her and they on the spot was since they had been hanging out with me during casting and rehearsals and stuff, they asked what I dance. And so I was like, uh, sure. I mean, I auditioned for Gap several times and hadn't got it. And so I was super excited. It was definitely on my list of things that I wanted to do. But, you know, they said, we want you to go into the wardrobe room and dress yourself. And I was like, okay. So I go and I put on my khakis and I cut up a khaki shirt and I make a head wrap with my uh, khaki shirt. And, and I get out there and they were very particular about jewelry and things like that. So they, they asked me to take off my big hoop earrings at the time. So when I go to shoot and I can see my reflection in the camera, I said, Look, you know, guys, I can't do the head wrap without the hoop earrings. And they're like, give her the hoop earrings. <laughs> and I danced for like three takes and opened and closed the commercial. And it's funny when I was in New York, uh, maybe a month later, I had a super early morning flight and the car picked me up and it was dark outside still and it was really quiet in the city and we roll up to this Gap uh, store and in the store was a mannequin dressed exactly how I was with the head wrap and the big hoop earrings and the whole khaki outfit and that was really a pivotal moment for me because I realized that I can contribute to popular culture with more than just dance. And represents your culture, yeah. represents hip hop everywhere, which yeah. I'm a big hip hop fan. I grew up obviously listening to everything, all the rappers that I admire and love and including seeing you in a lot of these, you know, you did a lot of reality shows too. And a lot of things mm -hmm. where I saw you and, and we were all like super involved in how you also changed the culture and how you were so pivotal because for anybody listening, hip hop is, you know, it's formed of different elements. It's not just the music part or the lyrics, or it's also the dance form there. There's there, the DJing part, the emceeing part. So it's beautiful that, you know, you were able to shine within the genre and make it so big. It's, it's really a proud moment for you. Yeah, hip hop created so many careers, so many. And uh, I love it because I knew... Uh, I knew Puffy 
when he was a DJ at the Red Zone and I knew Jay-Z when he was our hype man for when I was on tour with Big Daddy Kane. And so, and and Dre called me the other day about a big job that we're gonna do together. So I'm just, it's so great to like have grown up in um, this era and like still be friends with people and watch everybody just be so huge, you know? It's awesome. Who would have thought, right? That's so amazing. Yeah. It started from the bottom, now we're here. It's like real, <laughs> real, so real. And talking about all of the, you know, the hip hop, um, you know, the pioneers, it's very male oriented. Mm -hmm. How did you navigate yourself during that time? I'm sure you were one of the few women kind of, navigating through through the genre through you know hip what is hip hop at that moment yeah um i i found it you know i found my my friendships with other female whether they're dancers or mcs i'm good friends with light mc light i'm good friends with queen, queen latifah you know you find your tribe along the way and it's good i didn't have any major you know, I, I have to say I didn't have, I had, a, you know, a, a couple of, you know, issues with men, but nothing that was um, not, you know, all of it was just like learning processes. And I just, you know, followed my instincts and read the room really well and, you know, understood um, I really just from an early age as well, just really understood my value and um, I just kind of let it, let that guide me. You know what I mean? So I have had a really great experience being a, a black woman uh, in hip hop. I actually, you know, it, you've definitely been in crazy times where like the club is getting shot up, you know, and everyone's <laughs> running out that door. <laughs> but, uh, you know, overall hip hop has been so good to me and I am so happy to be one of the pioneers of the dance. I love it. How we love it that you're a woman too. That's beautiful. Oh, <laughs> How did you get your, your first big break? Um, well, someone saw me dancing in a club and they were looking for a artist to, um, they were looking for dancers to dance for this new Motown artist, Rich Nice. And so me and the girl uh, partner that I had at the time, we went on stage and everyone had to individually dance and then they weeded us out. And then I was like, do the trick with the, you know, leg lock and the distance. So, once we danced again, me and her did the tricks and stuff, and then they picked us. And that was kind of the first music video I did. But the first big one definitely came from um, doing Remember the Time when I was 21. And John Singleton had see seen me in a dance competition at that same club and was like, I'm gonna put you in my movie. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And it ended up being, um, I was an extra in Boys in the Hood. And when he later looked for a choreographer, he kept coming up with my name. He's like, I know that girl. And, you know, called me and gave me the job. Those are the angels in our careers, right? That give yeah. us that chance. Yes, for sure. Oh, rest in peace. Honestly, yeah. he's, he was great. One of the greats. Yes. How do you transition from being in choreography into then directing and producing? How do you kind of continue evolving in your career? Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's, you could dance for so long. And like I said, when I realized I brought way more to the table than just choreography, um, I just began to like, whenever I would put together artist shows, I would, you know, um, do the lighting and consult with wardrobe. And, you know, I had so many ideas that I would give naturally. I never knew it had a name, creative director, I think. So I would give that naturally and eventually, um, it, you know, I realized that there was a title to it and I started to do it more and, you know, pay attention more. But I've always loved uh, fashion and photography and lighting. Like if things were a little slow for me, I was always hanging out in bookstores and going to museums and things like that. So it kind of was just a natural progression for me. And then when it came to producer, it was so wild to um, start to get called as a producer because working on that's normally producers are on the other side, but because I've worked so much intimately with artists, it made so much sense for me to be able to help put together the and see the whole overall picture because I also know what artists want and are looking for and know how to make that relationship really cohesive and um, make them very comfortable inside the space that we're in. So I bring a lot of knowledge that other producers don't necessarily have. And so um, I love it's an, it. it's an art form to deal with talent. I mean, I do that for a living yeah. as well. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, it's yeah. not just dealing with, you know, there's an art form to that. And, and it's mm -hmm. such a valuable skill to have. It is. It is. And a lot of times I call myself a therapist as well, because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you got to like, you know, you have to just be able to adapt inside of the situations that you're in. You know, you just have to be able to like quickly adjust, turn left, turn right. You know, what you had planned may not necessarily work, but what, you know, um, problem solve is, I is something that I do very well. And so uh, I love it. But you and knowing, I feel like, sorry, Alex, and feeling like you have to pick your battles too with artists. Like if it's gonna, if it's not, you shouldn't really go push if it's gonna be a, a mission, you know what I mean? Because artists are at the end of the day, it's their artistry, their, you know, you have to respect their opinion and their opinion changes every, uh, you know, every two hours. And yeah. you have to respect that and pick your battles. Yes, for sure. Since you've worn so many different hats, in terms of choreo choreographer, director, producer, did you ever face imposter syndrome yourself as you were pivoting through your career? And if so, like how, how do you manage that? Yeah, that's so funny. At the beginning of my career, you know, it was Rosie Perez who told me you have to um, charge money and you have to call yourself a choreographer. And I had to look up how to spell the word. And I was just like, okay. But it was something that came so natural to me. It was more of a hobby than I thought I could make a career out of. I had no idea. And um, I mean, of course, there were times where I was in rooms that I was just like, how did I get here? You know, I'd be with Will Smith and Michael Mann and all these powerful people. But I just pushed through, you know, um, 
the, the great part is people don't know how to dance. So no one's really telling me how to do my job. They're collaborating with me. And, you know, at a certain point, I, I just realized they want, you know, they can have any choice uh, in choreographers, but they are interested in the way that I move. And so since I'm already here, like it just, I got over the discomfort because I was already hired and in the room, you know, unlike actors sometimes who have to audition for a lot, like as a choreographer, I don't have to do that a lot. Um, every now and then it happens, but I don't know. I just let my, my work speak for itself and just kind of kept on going. And, you know, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, I went and saw, I saw her speak one time from Eat, Pray, Love, and she had this really amazing way in which she handled fear. And she said that fear is there for a reason. It's meant to protect us. It's meant to, you know, um, completely keep us aware, but fear should not drive the car. And so when it arises, you recognize it and you say fear. She's like, she's like, I talk to my fear and I say, fear, I see you. How are you today? You're going to get in the back seat because I'm driving the car, you know, and you just allow it to be there, but you just don't allow it to take over your whole being. That's so valuable to everyone listening, because a lot of us sometimes are scared while we're doing those shifts in careers or sometimes we are invited to the room but we don't speak up because we're like, oh, you know, my, my opinion's not valuable, but mm -hmm. it's, it's great that you said you're already there. So just, mm -hmm. I think you should, you should empower yourself with your knowledge, what you bring to the table, why they're, why they're inviting you there. So yeah. that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. Now talk to us about the movies you have worked on, including dream girls. You worked mm -hmm. on coming to America. Mm -hmm. So all of those, with doing all of the choreography as well, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I've worked on several films. A lot of films just have like a dance scene in the movie that I come in and work on. And then some films have an actual, you know, they're musicals. I have a musical coming up that I'm going to do next year. I can't talk about yet, but it's going to be amazing. It's going to be on the scale of Dream Girls, if not bigger. Um, and um, I have a TV show actually that I'm working on right now called Queens with ABC. And that's with Eve, Brandy, Notori, um, and another actress, Nadine. And they're all a 90s singing group that are trying to bring their careers back to life when uh, a young artist samples their song and their song becomes popular again. So it's so great working with uh, ladies like that um, who are such veterans in the business. And I, I love doing movies. I love, I love actually the fact that I can go from like a TV show to a movie, to a stage show, to a commercial, to a music video, you know, and move around. It's so different every uh, To job. an award show. I mean, yeah. you choreographed the big moment for Pharrell for his happy song. Yeah. So that was the big moment too. Yeah. The Grammys, I've done quite a few of those moments. I did the Kendrick one as well. Um, and yeah, it's just so interesting having done the Grammys for so many years to have been brought on as a producer this year was really, uh, 
really great. We're going to do it again. And um, yeah. Congratulations. You are also uh, nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, I'm nominated for an Emmy as producer of the Grammys, which is super exciting. Um, and the career just keeps on doing it. <laughs> so, what a blessing. So with you being involved in the Grammys, how how has COVID affected the way that the show is produced, especially for you that you have to be so in touch with uh, the artists themselves and be on set? How has that, how has that changed for you over the what you're used to? Well, with that Grammys, we did most 90% of it was over Zoom. So we were just having Zoom meetings constantly with the production designer and the lighting and like a whole team of people. And then with the other creative directors from the other artists that we were working with. And, you know, it was um, challenging, but we all took on the challenge in such a, a great way. We all kind of um, knew that we wanted to do something that was still super entertaining, but thoughtful and felt like community. Um, and we really think we achieved it with the different way we created the stages where the artists can support each other. And, you know, it just ended up being a really great night. And so, um, but lots of, lots of calls, lots, lots of figuring out before we got there, you know. I know that choreography, producing, directing are probably like what you would compare to artists' songs. Like they probably don't want to pick a favorite, but is there a favorite thing that you like doing, whether it be directing or is it always your heart in choreography and then everything else is just kind of added pluses? Yeah, I think my favorite thing is putting on a stage show because I really just enjoy, I remember, it reminds me of when I was a kid and I went and saw Jackson 5 and I was like way in the nosebleed seats, but I was dancing like I was in front row. And I just remember like having like that concert having such an impact on me. And sometimes like even back in the day when I'd work with Backstreet Boys or something like, and we'd be in an 80,000, you know, stadium and the pleasure that gives me of hearing that many fans scream to a show that I put together, you know, is really rewarding. So I like the big shows. I love that too, because it, there is also like a strategy to choreography with live shows. Like there, you hit certain marks so that you get yeah. some sort of like feedback from the fans, right? Like there's like moments that you kind of create too, right? With choreography. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Awesome. What, what has been your, your keys to success and how have you managed to sustain that? such a solid career for for so many years i think it's just um i just have a very like there's a there's a solution to every problem attitude about things so that i get the joy of finding the solution instead of like creating you know more like creating like oh drama for myself. I like to be pretty drama free in what I do. And so I think that's what really helps a lot. You have a very calming energy. So I feel that we're trying to figure out what sign you are, by the way, as we talk to you, we will figure that out. Okay, guess. What do you think? <laughs> my birthday is tomorrow. So guess. Oh, you're a Don't Virgo. Me. <laughs> you're a Virgo. 
Happy early birthday, Queen. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a Virgo too, so we're right there. Oh, Virgo. My birthday's next Friday. Oh, wonderful. Love Virgos. Yeah, I was going to actually say that as well, that you feel like you're such a calming presence to who you are, and that's, I I can guarantee, that's why people like working with you so much, because you you bring a sense of tranquility and and positivity to everything that you do. Yeah. That just shows, so. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I want to just mention and give a shout out to, um, for this year, Leah turns, you know, it's her 20 year anniversary. Um, sorely missed. We love her. We want to honor her. And I know you talked, you worked very closely with her. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to see like, if you had a special memory working with her and there's, you know, anything that we can get from you since you worked um, so closely with her. Yeah, no, I just I mean, she was such a wonderful person and I loved like every you know moment I in time I had to spend with her and so definitely um you know with her passing it was really tough on all of us that were so close but I she's her spirit is with me so much so I am I'm good Oh, just to even hear you talk about her, it makes us feel even closer to her. So that's mainly why we wanted to mention it because, you know, she is this her 20 year anniversary and we just wanted to honor her during this episode. So but going on a lighter note, um, I know you have a son. Um, what do you think of TikTok and all the dances and all the stuff going viral on the app and how obviously yeah. all of it has kind of. it's changed how the way music is also consumed you know all of these things that happen in the apps like are you getting into tiktok are you going in there doing some challenges are you showing the kids what's up Uh, no i go in there um whenever i just have like promotional stuff or things that i need to promote but it's not it's a new generation I, i don't feel like i need to keep up with what the kids are doing now I'm so always amazed and in love with the fact that hip hop is, you know, so popular right now. And so I think it's amazing. I love the way kids are sharing moves and just the the phenomenon of it all. But it's just I'm it I'm past that time like in my life I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, we we can't either. But I, we we all work in music, so I kind of have to sometimes just go exactly. peek in there. Yeah, but, I, my assistants show me like the latest stuff, and like I I do my deep dives for so that I'm not completely out of the loop. But I see some choreographers like really doing their thing on it and I'm like I can't (laughs) (laughs) well speaking about you being a mom any advice um in terms of just finding balance I have a little girl and I I work Mm -hmm. I work many many hours and it's hard for me to find balance so I always look to women like you to give some advice and and just kind of tell us how you were able to navigate that um I wake up super early in the morning so that I can have a little me time before the rest of the house wakes up. Um, And I kind of, you know, I just adapted him to my life. You know, he would come to rehearsals with me. He would, um, 
come to at certain times. He had to come to meetings with me. You know, it was, I never just hid the fact that that was my life and that was, um, he was so instrumental, you know, so part of it. And I definitely, um, I didn't take on guilt because that's some, one of the things a lot of mothers do is we, we guilt ourselves into feeling, you know, a certain way about the fact that we want to continue a career and we want, you know, to still have, we have needs that we want to still cultivate and we should. And I think it's just when you're happy, your kids are happy and they feel that and sense that. So I think it's just important to keep yourself happy in things that you want to do in life and your kid will come along with you for the ride not the other way around you can't like completely consume your life with just the kid stuff you know no and it's also it's also such a learning and teaching moment for your children to see that about yeah them because then that's how they'll so. become with their children yeah i believe so valuable. what what do you want your legacy to be um, that is a good question. Um, I want to be, um, I want to just be known as, as definitely one of the, the pioneers of hip hop dance and, um, you know, that I, I was able to do it all, be a mother, have a career, um, reinvent myself, you know, the fact that you're, I'm constantly reinventing myself is always something that I love to do. I love to take myself out of my comfort zone because I really, um, I'm good in that space because I pull up really, really well. So it's definitely, um, I definitely want to just be known for that. Like a white, look at this woman and how she just keeps on reinventing herself. And killing it while she's doing it. <laughs> That's definitely an inspiration to us all because sometimes we get stuck in our comfort zones, but mm -hmm. there's no growth in comfort. Only growth comes yeah. when you feel uncomfortable, when you have fear, and yeah. then you break through. Yeah. So one last question. What song would you say would be part of your life soundtrack and why? My life soundtrack song. I would say, I if I can yes. help you, help. <laughs> mm -hmm. Who Run the World by <laughs> Beyonce. Because you, oh. you are running it. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's definitely part of your playlist. I don't know if that would be the okay. soundtrack. but Yeah, I think I would have to have a playlist. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Fatima. It was honestly like an honor to have you on the podcast. You have thank been someone you. that we've all been watching and, and admiring all of these years. And I love that you really are representing hip hop. And as a lover of the music and the genre, I'm so proud of you. And I know that a lot of the girls listening are going to be so inspired by your work and how you're representing women of color, which is the most important. Yes. Thank you so much, ladies. Where can people follow you so that they can, you know, um, yeah. keep up with you? It's Fatima underscore Noir, N-O-I-R, on Instagram. That's the only platform I'm on. No Facebook, no Twitter, just Instagram. And if okay. they put Fatima Robinson, Fatima underscore Noir pulls up. Okay. okay.
Awesome. Right. Thank you so much for your time. So much. And happy you. birthday. Yes, Thank happy you. birthday. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah. 